Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. So excited to have you here with me today. I cannot believe how um, wonderful this day is because, you know, even if it wasn't a great day, it's a wonderful day because I'm here with you in the studio getting to interview amazing people. And today I've brought back somebody I interviewed a couple years ago, Felina Hansen, who I met through my dear friend Dina uh, Moskowitz, founder of Sazmax, who is sponsoring... Um, it's all about the questions now because Sazmax is all about helping tech companies grow their businesses through recovering revenue, partnering them with the best SaaS apps on the market today. And we're all about helping you grow your business as well. So we feel this is the best partnership that could ever happen. So please welcome Sazmax to our sponsorship family. We're partnering together to help you grow your businesses. Stay tuned for some really cool webinars that we're going to be doing together. So, Felina Hansen, I met because of Dina, and what I love is she's created co-working space for women, and it's not like any other co-working space you've ever seen. Felina is a longtime entrepreneur, a marketing maven, just one of those inspirational women that everybody should have in their life. She's been featured in Inc., BBC News, Forbes, New York Times. She's got multiple locations. She's expanding. She wants to support over 20,000 women Grow Their Businesses by 2020. So please welcome Felina to the show. Thanks for having me, Laura. Oh, it's so great to have you back on. I'm, I'm so excited. You know, I I've read your emails whenever they come in, and I was when I saw that you were expanding into Orange County, California, and the Swedish location was really kicking up, and you've got one in Phoenix now as well, in addition to your initial one in San Diego, right? Yeah, also Washington, D.C. That's right. I forgot about the D.C. location. That place needs some really good female entrepreneurs. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) So now you started this just from an idea that you needed, that there needed to be a disruption in the way women entrepreneurs got started. How, How did that thought come together for you? Yeah, at the time I was pretty involved in professional, a couple of professional organizations for women, one called Women's Global Network and the other called Ladies Who Launch, as in launch businesses. And it was through that work and then also running my own marketing strategy business for eight years that I, I saw a need for space in regards to both for myself personally to have flexible workspace where I could go and collaborate and just, you know, connect with other entrepreneurs. I was working for and by myself out of my spare bedroom for eight years and found it, you know, hard to be creative. I was feeling isolated and then running these events and workshops and these various things I was doing with these organizations, needing space for, you know, those events and workshops. And so when I looked around at what was out there in regards to space, it was either old school kind of, no offense, boring, you know, executive suite type models, Regis models, if you will, which, uh, you know, their inherent business model is privacy. And that's not what I was looking for. Or it was the super uber cool, you know, co-working spaces that were mostly technology focused, um, 
scaled pretty young and pretty dude-like, so to speak. <laughs> and that's so, a great way to describe it, dude-like. Uh, that's a good <laughs> dude-like, that's a, that's a technical term, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> the programmer culture, as it's uh, come to be known. So uh, I created a space that kind of served a market that wasn't being served in regards to how the space is designed and laid out and the programming that we do and the support and resources designed by women for women. But, of course, we welcome men into that conversation as well. So we say we're a female-focused, spa-inspired, shared workspace and business accelerator. Now, I read a study recently that said people who go into co-working spaces see a 50% increase in productivity. Why is that? Yeah, there's a couple reasons for that, Laura. Number one... If you've ever worked at home, um, and not Which I have, and I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, not everybody's plagued with this, but most of us, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of other things you could be doing, and especially if you have families and pets and all kinds of other things happening in our homes, which we typically do, um, those are additional distractions. And so being able to be in a space where other people are focused and working, there's an energy about that. And our members say that all the time, you know, the energy in here, it just, you know, makes me want to, you know, get stuff done, so to speak, you know, kick some butt, if you will, you know, you see others around you doing great things, you have a chance to connect with them, you know, at a workshop or in the kitchen or whatever it might be. Sometimes those little conversations for new ideas and new perspectives and allow the individual to, you know, really focus. You're in that, that focused energy. I would imagine that there's also the possibility that you can find a lot of distractions there where you just start talking to everybody else to get their opinions on what you're trying to do and you don't actually do work. So how do you combat that if you're in a shared workspace to where you actually people actually need to say, okay, I just need to get stuff done. It's time to stop asking everybody. Yeah, so we have specific space and specific programs that are designed for that. So there's a time and place for everything, right? And so if somebody's heads down focused, they work in one of the quiet co-working spaces. So there's areas that are designated as no talking zones, if you will. It's, again, heads down focused space. Then there's the more open, you know, collaborative space where people are kind of coming and going. Um, but a lot of us work in that space quite well as, as well in regards to just being heads down focused. There's activity, but nobody's, people know that you don't, somebody's got their headphones in, you don't walk up and start talking to them, obviously. And then we have uh, certain events, um, pretty much almost on a daily basis at each of the locations that allow people to connect if they want, so to speak. So we have gurus who are subject matter experts that donate their time to the community on a bi-monthly basis. We've got um, weekly workshops called Business Boosters that are one-hour quick shot of, you know, business resource, knowledge, um, sharing, things of that nature. And so folks know that if you want to connect and you want to talk, you go here. And if you want to be heads down focused, you go here. I love that. You know, I work from home a lot now. And I find that some days I need to go to Starbucks or someplace like that just to get out of the house 
to be more productive. And that little buzz of noise in the background seems to make a difference for me. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. And Starbucks can be great as a, a temporary co-working space. I've certainly worked from Starbucks a number of times. But yes, you're right. There is, you know, energy, so to speak. There's buzz. But uh, there's a couple downfalls, of course. Sometimes it can be too loud. Sometimes you can't find an outlet. You have to bribe somebody to guard your stuff while you get up and get another drink or whatever it is, take a phone call outside. Um, And, you know, yes, the buzz is there, but the connectivity and the community are not, right? I mean, you have a a sense that there are other people around you, but being able to connect with a like-minded group of individuals that are also growing their business uh, is really, really powerful. So, yes, it can suffice in some ways, but uh, nothing matches the actual energy of a co-working space and productivity. Yeah, you know, Starbucks has... I edited my book there. I wrote my book in a park just to get out of the the house, but I edited it at Starbucks just for that buzz and noise. Co-working to me feels like if you're serious about growing a business, you can't work at home and you need, it's almost like a, a, a mastermind where you've got these amazing mm-hmm. people all trying to grow their businesses where you've created workshops and other resources that you bring in to help them grow. It's almost an incubator in addition to being a co-working space. Yeah. Yep. We call it a business accelerator. Absolutely. And we've got, again, programming almost on a daily basis that folks can take part of. We do have a formal business accelerator program called Hera Labs. That's a 12-week program. And then we also have an angel investment arm called Hera Angels. That's what Sylvia Ma, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I'll just explain Hera or Hera, if you're in Greece, is the Greek goddess of women. So I always get lots of questions of what does that mean? So uh, the Hera family, if you will, in regards to, you know, dedicated, focused business acceleration, uh, angel investing, we really have lots of offerings under the Hera umbrella. It's interesting that you created that additional portions of the Hera, the labs and the the investing, because so often you, you start with an idea, but then you realize what's the next step. In On your website, you had some interesting um, updates on your email you sent about somebody who had done a Kickstarter campaign that was working out of Hera Hub. I'm going to guess... Is this correct or incorrect that you help them by bringing in some resources, perhaps, that help them put together the Kickstarter campaign or no? Yeah, great question, Laura. So the design of Hera Hub is to be a platform for our members to connect with each other, share their experiences and ideas. It's quite different than a lot of other spaces or business accelerator programs where folks come in from the outside, so to speak, and, uh, you know, mentor. For us, it's more about getting the right people on the bus, if you will, (laughs) you know, a la Jim Collins. And so, actually, no, we didn't bring in any resources. We simply connected her with a member, a longtime member, who had done a very successful Kickstarter campaign the year before and allowed them to share and connect and learn from each other, and thus, Staff had a very successful campaign, partially due to, you know, the advice and wisdom of another member, Nicole McDonald, who 
tripled her Kickstarter uh, goal the prior year. So, and Nicole, I'll, I'll just mention, has both our product-based companies, um, number one, which is physical products. One's a meditation cushion. One is a what we call the 21st century fanny pack, the sash bag. Um, these are not tech companies. These are not venture-backed type businesses, of course. And that's what I love about our community is we have such diversity. It's not all about going and pitching in Silicon Valley and trying to get venture money, right? There's many other ways to fund a business, and obviously Kickstarter is a good one. And Nicole, since that Kickstarter campaign about, I guess, probably 16, 17 months ago when she successfully did her campaign for the sash bag, has since done $3 million in online sales of her handbags since that Kickstarter campaign. So, you know, again, it's about connection and community and sharing ideas as opposed to, you know, let's bring in some, you know, mentors from the outside and, you know, come in, give you some advice and take off kind of thing. I love it. You learn from the people who have actually done it, the people in the trenches, which is why I founded Mm -hmm. my company, Wisdom Learn. We're going to come back right after this commercial break. We're here with Felina Hansen, founder of Hera Hub and author of Flight Club, Rebel, Reinvent, and thrive. How to launch your dream business. We'll be right back. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. So just in case before the break you heard me say Fight Club instead of Flight Club, then, uh, you know, you if you're a woman, you're thinking about Brad Pitt way too much. Or, you know, hey, if you're a guy, too, you know, it's not a bad look look to remember Brad Pitt in Fight Club. But, Felina, you've written a, an amazing book called Flight Club, Rebel, Reinvent, and Thrive, How to Launch Your Dream Business. I love this quote from Allie Brown. Um, this is your boarding pass to fly entrepreneur class, a must-read for every woman who is thinking about launching a business. Why this book? Why now? Yeah, so the book and and just the title for a sec, you're right, it was inspired by the movie uh, Fight Club with Brad Pitt and Ed Norton, and the premise of that movie is really Ed Norton stuck in his gray cubicle, you know, really longing to break free and do something that brings him passion and meaning, and for him it was fighting, (laughs) And for a lot of women, it's leaving their corporate jobs and starting a business. Uh, Right now, about 33% of the U.S. population is what's said to be independently employed, uh, meaning, you know, freelance, contract entrepreneur. Most uh, folks are saying and predicting that that'll be 50% in the next few years. So there's a lot of people out there that are longing to break free and launch their business And so through the book, I share my experience uh, about becoming an entrepreneur, which uh, actually wasn't because of a great idea. It's because I got laid off three times. I was in the the tech startup world and uh, wanted to control my own destiny, so to speak. Um, And then stories of other women who have leaned out, as we like to say, and launched their own business. So it's uh, advice from those women, exercises for the woman who maybe even hasn't taken that first step yet, but is trying to assess what type of business to launch. And then the last part of the book is a foundational step-by-step process on 
how to launch a business. It's a platform, online platform I built called Steps to Startup, and it really walks the reader through step-by-step the, the functional, foundational, how to actually get a business off the ground. I do like the way you sectioned the book out. There was uh, one quote that really stood out for me um, in one of your co-worker space, uh, Haraha people. She wrote, questions are fateful. They determine destinations. They are the chamber through which destiny calls by Godwin Halat Shawayo. I have no idea if I pronounced that right, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting when somebody's not writing an anthology book to actually give star positioning to other people inside the book and let them run their exercises through your book. I loved seeing these exercises like um, the one and exercise in evolution or the three D's with the dump. Mm-hmm. How did you decide what were the key drivers and the key things that women entrepreneurs or any entrepreneur for that matter needed in your book because it's very comprehensive yeah you know i would say it's really the last 14 years of being an entrepreneur myself and also working with now over 3,000 women in the launch and growth of their business both through hera hub and prior to this ladies who launch running their incubative and incubator intensive workshops uh, it really is listening it's it's to your point asking the right questions uh, and just understanding through those experiences what was holding a lot of women back from launching a business there's a lot of fear around that there's a lot of uh you know what if i don't make it (laughs) you know a lot of um questions around how to launch a business, what's the right business, and so that's really why Hera Hub exists, is to create that space and community where women can come and learn from each other. We, I take that 17 foundational step process, the steps to start up process, into a live weekend boot camp, if you will, business launch boot camp, where in 48 hours, folks go through all 17 steps to actually launch their business in a weekend, if you will, um, and doing that in community with support of others and getting feedback is just so, so critical for so many. It helps kind of cut back that fear factor, if you will, um, to be able to say to somebody, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, I need help is is a big deal and what we need to do more of in this day and age. We, we kind of like to pretend like we all have it figured out, which is the furthest thing from the truth. I'll speak for myself. I don't have it all figured out. You you say you don't have it all figured out, yet you've thrived and not thrived at times as an entrepreneur. What do you feel that stick to is in you that has enabled you to seem on the outside like you really have it all together? Yeah, and Laura, I'm glad you asked that question because I think it's so important for us all to admit that we don't have it all together. Nobody has all the right answers. I mean, we're constantly learning and growing, and if somebody is trying to tell you, that's what frustrates me about kind of the world of Internet marketing right now is you see all these Facebook ads of these people that are, you know, be like me, my, you know, $20 million house that I earned this money in 90 days, you know, kind of idea, and it's like, 
that's baloney. That doesn't work. It doesn't happen. It's, it's all hype. Like, let's be open and authentic and say, you know what? This is hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard. And we need support and community in order to get it done. Um, and for me in particular, the tenacity, so to speak, I have comes from a few things. It comes from growing up in an entrepreneurial family. My dad and mom are both entrepreneurs and uh, kind of self-professed rebels. That's the, that's the part of the subtitle of my book is, you know, rebel against kind of, you know, the standard status quo of go get a job, you know, buy a big fancy house, get yourself into debt, and then, you know, kind of have no options beyond that, so to speak. Um, and also going through a couple experiences pretty early in my life, in my 20s, uh, got hit by a fire truck and broke 27 bones in my arms, legs, and face, um, went through a significant recovery process, obviously, and boy, if that doesn't give you perspective, um, I don't know what will. <laughs> um, going through three layoffs in my 20s and a divorce, um, you know, it's kind of that Mark Twain saying, eat a bullfrog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. <laughs> you know, I, I love having that. That's, <laughs> that's the perfect thing we're going to stop with before we go into the news break. Okay. Everybody, what is perfect. your bullfrog that you need to eat before this day finishes? We'll be right back with more from Felina Hansen talking about Hera Hub and her amazing book, Flight Club, Rebel, Reinvent, and Thrive, How to Launch Your Dream Business. We'll be right back with more from It's All About the Questions. What is your frog? No matter how big, eat it now. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. One of the important things about asking the right questions is you have to make sure you ask them of the right people as well because people respond to your questions from their knowledge, what they know around them and what they've experienced in their life. And if you don't ask it of the right person and all they've done is fail, they may tell you then you shouldn't try something or maybe they can tell you some other ways to try something. You just don't know. My guest today, Felina Hansen, has really taken all of her experiences from her life, including being hit by a fire truck and running successful businesses, being uh, let go multiple times because businesses failed, building her own amazing co-working space and put it into a new book that she's written called Flight Club, Rebel, Reinvent and Thrive, How to Launch Your Dream Business. Felina, I love the fact that you yourself not only have written this book, but what you're doing with co-working space is very disruptive to the co-working industry. And one of the ways it's disruptive is you're not expanding using a franchise model. You're, you're using licensing to help women entrepreneurs start their own Hera Hub co-working spaces. What's the difference between licensing and franchising and why did you decide to go that route? Yeah, so, Laura, a couple things. Um, number one, there are a lot of co-working spaces in the last few years that have expanded uh, neither through licensing or franchising, but uh, company-owned locations. So WeWork is the biggest player in the co-working space market now. Uh, they've gotten a lot of press 
because of their rapid growth, again, going the company-owned location, they've raised a lot of money, a lot of venture capital. Um, right now, I think their valuation is $16 billion. Um, wow. <laughs> not sure if that's <laughs> merited or not, but be that as it may, some investor bought in a, a $16 billion valuation, so there it is. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, the reason why I didn't go the route of company-owned uh, expansion like a WeWork did is because I'm not the woman to do it in Miami or Washington, D.C. or Stockholm, Sweden. Um, I really wanted to take the brand and the business model and the system and everything that we've learned on the founding team over the last six years and empower a woman in Miami, D.C., or Stockholm, Sweden, to build a community that supports female entrepreneurs in her city to build out that space with our guidance and ongoing support. Um, because this business, to your point, is different than a lot of other co-working spaces, it's really about the leader, the, the woman in that city who's leading that uh, female entrepreneurial revolution, if you will, and so we decided on a licensing model because we wanted to keep the integrity of the brand. We want to connect women city to city, which we've already started doing as we are, are growing. I'm taking a group of women actually here from the U.S. to Sweden in a few weeks for our annual flight club strategic planning retreat, which I'm super excited about, and we're connecting with some of the members there in Sweden for an exchange of ideas and perspectives, if you will. Um, but licensing allows that extension of that brand, um, but not having to be cookie cutter like franchising, if you will. You know, the, the connotation of franchising is pretty much quick serve restaurants. I ask anybody what's the first franchise that comes to mind, and they usually say McDonald's or Subway sandwiches, and that's not what we're trying to promote. Uh, being cookie cutter. Um, we have a significant amount of education and resources and programming that we offer, but we allow the licensee some flexibility and when they implement those things, how they implement them, um, as long as the brand experience and, and general culture is there, then there's it gives the licensee some more flexibility to infuse their own experience into the business. How do you know if somebody's the right person or the best right person to license a new location i mean it's your baby for a lot of my listeners they want to grow but they're yeah. afraid to let go even a little bit of control of their business yeah yeah no absolutely well first it it really is creating the systems and that that model and really being able to articulate what it is that you're doing i mean that's step one is getting your operations rock solid and being able to create systems and processes that, that people can understand and follow easily. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't take the time to do that. Um, that's not the fun part of business for a lot of folks. I, I mean, like you, I'm a marketing girl and I, you know, I want to come up with new ideas and fun campaigns. Um, but I've learned over the last six years to become, you know, an operations ninja, as I like to say, and get really, really focused on some of the details and the implementation. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is really thinking about, you know, in that process of identifying a licensee for us and vetting a licensee, we have a pretty detailed uh, what we call market assessment process. It's 
kicks off with a four-week process where we take somebody through um, almost, it's not a personality test, if you will, but it's an assessment um, of their their goals and their values and their work style and things of that nature. Um, and we kick off that, that market assessment with that piece. And then really over those four weeks, get to know that individual through a series of steps to identify, you know, the need in that local market and how they may address that market. So we come out the other side of that. I have a pretty good darn sense if this person's going to be a good licensee or not. And as women, Laura, you know, I, it sounds cliche, but the old gut, you know, you, you just know, <laughs> I think, you know, in a lot of cases, I'll talk to somebody and in probably the first minutes of the conversation, I typically know if, if this is going to be a good fit or not. I would imagine that in the process of building out Hera Hub and bringing on your first licensee, and now you have four, there had to be some pretty big learning moments. What was one of your biggest ones? Yeah, so many. Um, <laughs> where to begin, right? You know, I think um, it, it kind of goes back to your prior question, which is learning to um, to kind of let go and let uh, let things that maybe you know maybe I wouldn't do it that way, so to speak. <laughs> Um, and seeing how somebody else, um, you know, implemented something slightly different than I would and taking a step back and really noting, hey, you know what, maybe they actually did it better than I would have done it. Let me really look at this and learn from it. I think that's the beauty of being in something that's bigger instead of having to do it on your own, so to speak. We have a lot of learning that happens in what we call our collective, which is our group of space owners and operators around the world. We do monthly calls. We have an online platform that we use on a daily basis to ask each other questions, ask for feedback, support, resources. Um, so there's constant communication, not only you know within San Diego, but city to city. And so um, it's fun for me to be able to step back and see, you know, different approaches to things and, and learn from it myself. I'm learning from my licensees, and, and we're all learning from each other constantly. That's a, a key part that I think a lot of entrepreneurs start to put blinders on, that there's more than one way to do things that get so focused and I know mm-hmm. I've, I've done this myself. You just get so focused where you can't see anything else. And there could be a, another better or more improved way to do something that can take you to another level. And yeah. I, I love that you're helping your, um, your operators do a lot of that and keeping focus with them and rethinking the way you're doing things. In your mm-hmm. book, you have um, a, a top 10 list, I guess is a great way to call it, 10 things Switching from employee to entrepreneurial mindset. Of, of the 10 things, is there one of those that really stands out for you more than another? Gosh, that's like asking to pick your favorite child. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> kind of is, because it, depending on where you are in the moment, one may stand out more for you. So right now, today, is there one that stands out more? Um, you know, I'm going to cheat and kind of take two different perspectives here. Um yeah, the first thing I'm going to say, Laura, is not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> and with the popularity of shows like Shark Tank and The Profit and, 
you know, a lot of the media that's playing around entrepreneurship, I feel like everybody I talk to wants to be an entrepreneur. In fact, in, you know, some significant surveys, they have interviewed millennials, as we'll call them, folks in their 20s, we'll say, and 60% of them say they want to be entrepreneurs. Um, so it's, it's a pretty significant uh, segment. Um, but I do meet a lot of people that, you know, and that's why I address this in the book, that, you know, there's a big difference from being an employee to being an entrepreneur, a, a mindset shift, so to speak. Um, and I would say this idea of being uncomfortable, <laughs> um, being tenacious, taking risk, if you will, that uncomfort that a lot of people feel, you know, when they go from a, a steady paycheck to a you know what, the buck stops here and I have to make it happen or nobody's going to put food on the table, so to speak, is a big deal for a lot of people. And so I do talk about that uncomfort um, in my own life too. Um, But for me, again, I got lucky because I got laid off three times. Two of the companies I worked for sold and one ran out of money. Um, And when I look at entrepreneurship, I actually feel like there's more comfort in this day and age in creating something, you know, from nothing, so to speak, creating my own thing, building my own business, than relying on somebody else to give me a paycheck every two weeks. And, you know, the decisions they make affect my livelihood. And with uh, that, know, we're going to go into yeah. our, our last commercial break. So everybody would like to think about are you an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur? And there's nothing wrong with working for somebody else. Where are you uncomfortable? We'll be right back with more from Felina Hansen. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Felina, just before the break, you talked about comfort and being uncomfortable. Is there an area of your business or or your life right now that you're really feeling uncomfortable and it's spurring you forward to keep you motivated? Yeah, good question, Laura. Um, I don't know that there is a place I feel currently uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm definitely always looking forward and striving. I mean, that's the fun part of being an entrepreneur and growing a team is I've got some amazing people around me that are um, just always keeping me on my toes. <laughs> I've learned so much in the last year in particular about being a better um, leader, so to speak, in regards to my team, the folks that work for me. Um, as an entrepreneur, I've not managed a lot of people over the course of my career and keeping them inspired and connected and growing um, has been something that I've really enjoyed um, learning about because for myself, I'm, I'm quite self-motivated. <laughs> if I want to learn something, I go learn it. Um, but slowing down and taking the time to work with my team to help them set their own personal growth goals and their goals within their job role and with the company and beyond has been something that uh, I've really, really enjoyed over the last year. Your life experiences are not what most people have have gone through. You know, your childhood growing up with peacocks in your backyard. <laughs> and tigers. <laughs> and tigers. Oh, my gosh. Those photos in the book of, of the baby tigers with the cat and the dog. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be in your house. 
that was that was so amazing. How do you feel your childhood prepared you for where you are today? Yeah, very, very lucky (laughs) now that I look back um, because, you know, having two parents that were, you know, as I call them, rebellious in regards to just not playing by anybody else's playbook, if you will, um, really prepared me to be an entrepreneur because there was no status quo in my household. There was no you know, work for somebody and get a paycheck. It was hustle all the time. I mean, I I grew up working always, you know, painting or mowing the lawn or selling peacock feathers or lemonade or whatever I was doing. You know, you don't, nobody hands you money, you work for it. And so uh, very, very blessed as a kid, you know, when all my friends were getting an allowance for doing nothing, of course, I was a little jealous. But now as an adult, I am so, so thankful that both my parents instilled that in me. I love that you took the feathers that fell off the the peacock, the male peacock, and sold them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people would never have thought of that. Yeah. No, it's, that was the environment I grew up in. It was how can you, you know, take something that you have and, you know, turn it into an enterprise, so to speak. And so... Yeah, luckily it was the late 70s and peacock feathers were and actually now are seemingly back in style, if you will. And so, um, yeah, just, you know, we we had apples. I would sell apples. We had, you know, whatever we had. I, I had to figure it out. And, again, grateful that my parents gave me that experience. That's, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So people are are emailing me and sending me little notes. I keep checking my phone and they really want to know how they reach out to you and find out about co-working spaces, uh, Hera Hub in their area or how they can find out about opening their own. Yeah. Awesome. So the website is herahub.com and that's H-E-R-A-H-U-B.com. And there's a launch uh, link there to learn more about what it, takes to bring a Hera Hub to your city. And then uh, the book, if folks are interested, um, is on Amazon. It's Flight Club Book or flightclubbook.com. And the book is, again, Flight Club Rebel, Reinvent, and Thrive, How to Launch Your Dream Business. How'd you come up with that title? Um, so flight, uh, again, kind of going back to, uh, the, the play on, <laughs> on fight club. Yeah, exactly. Taking flight as an entrepreneur and Parahub sometimes gets referred to as a bit of a club, so to speak, you know, where folks are getting together and then the subtitle being, you know, again, my, my childhood is a bit of rebellion, the reinvention in my twenties and then thriving as I've become an entrepreneur. You've spoken at so many companies like um, me, you know, I'm a big tech geek. So you've spoken at Qualcomm and Intuit, the Chopra Center. You've done TEDx talks. What is it about your TEDx talks that you feel drives people? Because your TEDx talks are really quite brilliant. Thank you. Um, You know, I think with that TED style talk, it's, being open and authentic and uh, telling your story, so to speak. I, I had the 
opportunity to coach some folks for TEDx Talks, TEDx San Diego for a few years here, um, and got to learn about kind of the back process of running a TED event um, and what it takes to give a good TED Talk. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the opposite of what I talked about a few minutes ago, Laura, which is like the hype, right? <laughs> it's just being open and authentic and saying, you know, this is my story and this is what I've learned and sharing that with other people. I think that's, that's why TED Talks have become so popular is that, that authentic approach. You would love uh, a friend of mine who has been on the show and, and done TED, TED Talk, um, Leslie McGurk. She talks about creativity and, and how she bounced back from people telling her she is not creative. She can't do any of this stuff. And her children's books have sold over 4 million copies, which mm. is like unheard of of children's books. And she has a company called McGurk's Quirks. Mm. which is all about helping people with creativity. She does speaking and everything about helping people break through that. But I have a funny feeling you guys would really, really get along amazingly. <laughs> awesome. She sounds amazing. She, she truly is. Last thought that you'd like to share with my listeners. Yeah, I think, you know, especially just speaking to female entrepreneurs is, um, you know, be confident, go for it. I think as women, we have so much to offer. We're so talented and oftentimes we don't give ourselves the credit that we should. Hold on one sec. We're having an issue. Okay. We're all back. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Just, just be confident and go for it. Believe in yourself and, uh, you know, uh, believe in your dreams and make them happen. But if you're uncertain and you're, you're <laughs> not, quite ready to leap out on your own, it sounds like Hera Hub and a co-working space can really help somebody gain that confidence to make the next step. Absolutely. Surround yourself with like-minded people that uh, are maybe even a few steps ahead of you. I know that you have locations in California. We talked about this, D.C., Sweden, Phoenix, and you're looking to expand more in California. Um, are there any areas you, you know are ripe for it and you're really looking for some women to step out there? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we've ha- been having some conversations also in Atlanta, uh, Northern California, Orange County, L.A., um, but many other places that we're targeting and looking at um, Dallas, Houston, Austin, South Florida, uh, Colorado, uh, Denver area specifically. Um, and then we get a lot of international interest too. I have a woman in Poland that's going to be doing our market assessment shortly. I just got off the phone with a woman in Puerto Rico last week. So uh, we're excited to continue to expand both nationally and internationally. I love it. Hera Hub coming to, a, coming to your neighborhood soon. Once again, mm-hmm. the website is herahub.com. And people can reach you through that on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn as well. Um, your book, Flight Club, Rebel, Reinvent, and Thrive, How to Launch Your Dream Business, is available on um, Amazon. And there's some great resources I highly encourage everybody to get. Felina, thanks for being with me on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you, Laura. Remember, everybody, the right questions truly can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. See you next week. been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. 
Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.